Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the self-care unit in 2024. As we ring in the new year and we all start our resolutions, we wanted to talk about a topic that many many may find so important, but also so intimidating, and that is financial stability and financial freedom and their effect on our mental health. So to help us tackle this topic, we have a really incredible expert with us, April Waddell. She is the founder of Nurse Money Date, which you may already follow, and is a retired pediatric nurse and a financial coach exclusively for the nursing profession. She helps other nurses reach their financial dreams and does her best to make finances less overwhelming and more fun for nurses. So thank you for being with us, April. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. April, can you give us the origin story of your work and your mission? Yeah, so I focus specifically on nurses because I grew up in a family of nurses. My mom is a nurse. My older sister is a nurse. I have a lot of family in healthcare. So I was born into the nursing profession. So I saw firsthand very early on um, the financial impacts of being a nurse and what it means to work in healthcare and the impact of that on our mental, emotional health and that how that ties in with how we spend our money, how we may or may not invest our money. Um, And so when I went into nursing, I was always that nurse on the unit where my coworkers would ask me, how do I pay off this debt? How do I start investing? It was something that I was always just so interested in and passionate about. Um, And then when COVID happened, um, I got really burnt out. Um, I loved the work that I did as a pediatric ICU nurse, but it wasn't really healthy for my mental health. Um, and so I decided to pursue this passion of mine of financial literacy specific to the nursing profession. Yeah, we all need that. I personally am not very educated in financial stuff. <laughs> I When I started Operation Happy Nurse and my sister would talk to me about the finances and all that, I brought her on because that is just not my forte. Every time I met with my financial advisor, I would get really stressed out about it because I just didn't understand it. So having a profile like yours where you actually can also speak on the intricacies of nursing and know exactly really like how we get paid, that sort of thing, I think is really yeah. beneficial to the community, especially to me. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. I love to hear that. It's so nice to have a friend or a relative or somebody that knows what they're talking about with yeah. this. As you were talking about that, there's this really uh, famous clip of like an NFL locker room where there's one player who knows how to invest and all the other players don't. And it's a lot of players that are coming into money for the first time in their lives. And it's this guy who's like walking them through it. So I just, that reminded me of that because it's like, it's very intimidating. So having somebody that that is in your community or is in the same profession as you walk you through things, is just a blessing. Thank you. Thank you guys. So that's kind of ties into my next question for you because you do work with nurses specifically so how do you like tailor the experience for nurses and like help make the financial journey more approachable I'm thinking like specifically both like the stress of even getting started and like the specifics of the industry itself yeah the very very first thing I start off with is increasing their confidence so I do that in a couple of ways Um, but the biggest way is leveraging their nursing experience what they've already gone through um 
to become a nurse or what they're going through in nursing school, whatever program they're in. Um, and so by comparing, hey, nobody went to nursing school knowing how to put an ID. Nobody knew how to put in a Foley, right? They're not going to magically know how to pay off your debt. You're not going to know how to invest. These are skills that you are capable of learning. And nurses love to be built up, right? And so I really start off that journey with, let's look at the facts. Let's look at the evidence of what you have already done and accomplished as a nurse, right? If you are smart enough to calculate these, you know, life-saving dosage calculations for your patients, you are smart. You are capable enough to calculate your investment fees, right? And so that process really starts off first with looking at the facts, looking at the data, what have you already done in your life? Um, and once we get in that space of like, okay, I have enough confidence to get started, the really the next step really is leveraging their nursing experience and speaking to nurses in a language they understand, right? So an example that I have is comparing the difference of saving your money and investing your money to giving medication either by tablet PO or giving it through an IV, right? So I have tons and tons of these comparisons of finance language, finance jargon to a language that I know of nursing, right? And that process helps nurses say, wait, April, this actually isn't hard. This actually isn't confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. Do you have any tips or <laughs> tricks for people who you know, might be behind or not behind. I don't like that wording, but someone who might not have started yeah. as early as others in the saving realm or maybe similar to for me right now, you know, money is tight. Yeah. So how do you adjust when you're not having the same income and expenses every month, every year? Especially, you know, and yeah. with nursing too, as a travel nurse, let's say, uh, it's yeah. hard to get an assignment once in a while, or if you're working in Florida versus California, you know, there's just a big difference yes. in cost and how much you're making in the profession. Yeah, no, I really like that question. So first, I do want to piggyback off what you said of you don't like the word being behind. And I, I could not agree more, especially when we're talking about finance. And I love the internet and how connected we are, but it's so easy to have that feeling of I'm behind, I'm ahead. I don't use that language because we are all on our own journey and we're not comparing to anybody else. So I first just wanted to um, reiterate how much I believe in that as well. Um, an actionable strategy that you guys can implement today, and it speaks to why my business is called Nurse Money Date, is you guys can start implementing a weekly money date. So what is a weekly money date? It's a designated time every single week, whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, where you look at your numbers, right? So you spoke to all the different circumstances that can change in a span of a month or a year for a nurse if you're a travel nurse or if you switch jobs. One big obstacle for nurses is this overwhelm of, oh my goodness, I have to look at this stuff. I have to look at this data. We can make that less overwhelming if we take small steps, right? I'm not asking you to figure out your finances in a day, no. <laughs> One weekend, take a look at your numbers, right? How much money are you making with this specific situation you're in in your life? What are your expenses currently? And if it happens to be, you do the math out of this is what I'm making, these are my expenses. If it's $10, $15, at least you know, right? At least you're not living in this 
um, shadow, this cloud of uncertainty, increasing your anxiety and overwhelm, right? So there's power in that data. So I highly, highly encourage you break down the steps of your financial goals into weekly money dates. And the thing that's really important about this process, that's really, really, really important, which may sound odd when I first say it, is you have to make this experience fun, right? If you already are walking into this experience of like, oh my goodness, this is so nerve wracking. I don't want to see the numbers. I don't want to know where I'm at. You're not going to do it again, right? So the trick and the secret with money dates is you pair it with an activity you already enjoy doing, right? I personally have been doing weekly money dates for the past five years, and that's where I attribute all my financial success to. So whether that be reading a book, whether that be taking a shower, whether that be working out in the gym, do whatever that ritual thing is and pair it right after with the money date. That's a great idea because I personally immediately when I hear about like thinking about my finances, I get really anxious yes. and stressed. Even like, oh, one yeah. step at a time, I get really stressed out. So that's a really mm-hmm. great idea to automatically pair it with a self-care activity or something that does help you yeah. with your mental health and wellness afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, this is also a self-care activity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes, yes. And we, you know, we think about taking care of our physical health, right? We go to the gym, we think about our mental health, right? There's various things you can do for that. But there isn't a routine, there isn't something um, to hold us to our financial health. The answer to that problem is weekly money dates. It's a practice you can implement every single week, just like how you go to the gym, just like how you get your physical, just like you do all these other things for your health weekly money dates is your practice can be your routine to make it less overwhelming, less scary because you're doing it so consistently. Okay. I, I think we kind of went over this, but I, I do find a lot of your content really effective because you emphasize certain concepts that we just have to get through our like human brains, the most notable of which I think everybody who's even attempted to do any investing is like you have to think long term so Mm -hmm. how do you how do you tackle that problem or other essential concepts um with your clients or with anybody you talk to yeah so specifically with nurses the very first step is just understanding what investing is and how investing is portrayed through movies for example are this like high risk situation of all these people in this room with these big screens and making all this money really quickly and losing all this money really quickly. And that can feed that feeling of, oh, this is risky, this is scary, this is something that you have to really study really hard for to be able to do, right? So the first step is understanding that what that is, is called day trading, right? That's a profession, that's something that people do. Um, And when I say investing, it really is you in your room with a laptop, looking at your retirement accounts or your IRA, whatever accounts you have open. And it's not this thing that you have to get a degree for. So that's the first step. Um, The second step, which is really hard specific for the nursing profession, and I get it because as nurses, we want to know all the things. We want to have all the information. We want to have all the data because we don't want to make a mistake, which makes a lot of sense because in our profession, if you make a mistake, the consequences are really severe. So I understand where that's coming from. 
But with investing, you can learn as you go. There is, of course, core concepts you need to know, and you already spoke to one already, that investing is long-term, but you don't need to have a finance degree. You don't actually need to even have a financial advisor do it for you because you are smart and educated enough to do it on your own. Um, and if you guys follow me already, you know my feelings about financial advisors. Um, yeah. <laughs> One-liner, uh, they are very expensive and they are not worth it and you are capable enough to do it on your own. Um, so the one thing that I really want to stress when it comes to investing, two things, because the world of investing, there's a lot I could speak to, but the two most critical things I want your listeners to hear is number one, you can start investing literally with five, $10. I had my husband come to me saying, oh, I'm, you know, I need a thousand, two, three, five thousand dollars. Sure, that's great, but you don't need it, right? So you can start investing with a really small amount, right? That's number one. And number two, any amount you can put in right now, whatever age you are, whether you're 30, 40, 50, that still has power and that still has meaning. A lot of my older clients will say, get really down on themselves and say, you know, only if I started investing in my 20s, when the reality is our 20s um, are really for figuring our life out, figuring out what we want to do with our profession. We have all these other financial obligations. Your 30s, 40s is when most people start investing. So if that's your situation, you're right on track. Don't feel like you're behind. Um, So number two to summarize is any dollar, literally any dollar that you can contribute still has an impact to your overall financial health. So it's funny because I have a sister in finance. So you would think, you know, it runs in the blood or something, but I just really, (laughs) it's not my thing. So do you have any recommendations or anything for like books and reading materials for people who are like me that kind of makes it a little bit more easily digestible? Uh, I have a program. Okay. (laughs) So one thing that I would really recommend for you is really Number one, get to the core of why this is causing so much anxiety, right? A lot of how we feel, how we think about money in adulthood is actually formed um, between the age of zero and seven. Um, So a lot of how we think about money was really formed at an early age. I would first ask you to do some digging there. In terms of specific resources, um, free resources, um, NerdWallet and Investlopedia are two really credible websites have really great, amazing articles um, in terms of understanding the investing world. Um, but investing is so simple. Um, I can explain it to you right now in like two minutes. Okay. So there are, well, I'll give you two things that you can look up right now. Number one is called a target date fund. Okay. You can buy this anywhere through any um, place you can buy investments through a brokerage. Um, all you do, Shannon, is pick the year you want to invest, or excuse me, the year you want to retire. So if you want to retire um, in 10 years, you pick a fund that literally says the year 2024. And that does everything for you. By everything, I mean it picks your investments. Um, with the power of AI and all these things, investing is so much easier. So that's one approach to investing that I teach that you can look up on your own right now, target date fund. Number two, robo-advisors. These are offered through um, many different um, 
brokerage institutions where you can invest your money. Um, this also is a great way to invest your money hands off where it's doing it for you, right? Where you say, these are my savings. This is why I want to retire. Um, these are my goals. And then it picks your investments for you. So um, those are two places I would start if you're like, whew, these words, these things are confusing. Where the heck do I even begin? Target date fund and robo-advisors. Yeah, and I, so I do have money invested. And so can you yeah. kind of go into the difference between like high risk, moderate risk, low risk for those yes. who have not started investing yet? Yes. So when people use these words, if something's really risky um, or something's really conservative, I want you to understand two words first. So number one is stocks. A stock is ownership over a company. Those things are associated with higher risk. Okay. Now, when people say this is less risky, um, I'm most likely to keep my money. Um, this is very conservative. They're referring to bonds. Okay, so stocks and bonds. Bond is not ownership over a company. A bond is basically a loan that you are um, loaning money out to either a company, the U.S. government, um, <laughs> a city. Uh, so there's different types of bonds out there. But I want you to first think bond equals safe, secure. Your money doesn't really grow as much, but it's good because you um, – have less feelings of fear and anxiety associated with bonds because they're pretty stable, right? And so the opposite is true with stocks. So when we're thinking of the spectrum of, hey, this is risky, people are referring to stocks. And so an example of a risky portfolio, let's say 90% stocks, 10% bonds, you'll look at that and say, that's pretty risky. So to give you a really concrete example of what does this breakdown look like for when you retire, when you are in your 60s, it's pretty common um, if you are in your 60s ready to live off that money and you want something really secure and conservative, it's somewhere gonna it's gonna be in the ballpark of let's say 60% stocks, 40% bonds. I would also like to plug that you have cheat. You didn't do it yourself. You do have cheat sheets that get very I high get very high reviews. <laughs> so those uh, are another resource that people can turn to because yes. I like that idea specifically. For I am not a nurse myself, but I have talked to enough nurses that I we have similar yeah. we have similar brains. And oh my god, yeah. the appeal of a cheat sheet! It's like yeah, oh. it's like thank you. Somebody yes. made one. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, I honestly refer back to that too. I'm like, okay, how am I readjusting this this year? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, uh, thank you. What a valuable tool. <laughs> I love thank that. you so much. I love that. So, April, when we have spoken in the past, you talked a little bit about your own personal experience. Uh, with finances in association with nursing and nursing school. And we know that a lot of nurses have some nursing debt, student nurse debt, that sort of thing. Can you go into your own personal experience and how you yeah. were able to address your student nurse debt? Yes, thank you for asking this question. So um, I graduated from nursing school with about, a little over, but about $30,000 in student loans. Um, so when I'm first having this conversation of debt, it's so important, so, so critical um, that we don't associate our debt with who we are. 
And the reason I bring this up is it's so common in the personal finance space to hear this terminology. And I understand where and why people use this. We often hear, this is good debt, this is bad debt. I understand that, but I personally don't like that because it's very easy to say, hey, I have this quote-unquote bad debt and to associate that with who we are. I have this bad debt, am I a bad person, right? So let's first just cross that out of our vocabulary and not associate debt with our sense of morality. Debt is just a thing that we have to do to go through school or to live our life, right? Um, So that's the first thing. Um, With me specifically, my personal decision was to get it paid off really quickly. Um, The feelings I had when I was going through my debt was, I spoke to a little bit earlier, was this feeling of behind, right? This feeling of like, how could I have done this? Why can't I be in a situation of being debt free and not having to worry about these things, right? And this is an experience a lot of nurses feel of, of feeling guilty, feeling shameful, right? Um, and so it was a really big financial priority for me to get it paid off as quickly as possible. Um, so I lived at home. Um, I commuted very far to get into the city. with, um, And I was able to pay it off in between hmm, close to three years. And the biggest thing I want you to take from my story is that it's my story, right? It doesn't mean that you have to go to the extreme and like forego what you want to experience in your life, right? You have to understand your financial values, what matters to you and make your plan around that. Because there are tons of stories out there of, oh, I left off running and I left off rice and beans and all those things. That doesn't have to be your story, right? You can live a life where it's balanced, where you can travel, you can do all the things while paying down your debt. Um, And so for me, I chose to go the more aggressive route, get rid of my debt within three years. um, And it's really given me a lot of perspective on what a lot of nurses continue to go through. And if I were to do it again, I would definitely do it differently. Um, (laughs) Knowing what I know now about finance and money, because like you said, we are not taught these things. And um, I definitely would not have paid it down as aggressive um, as I did now. And I'm super honest and transparent about my mistakes and things that I wish I did differently with my money. Quickly also, so there is a very, you know, big difference in pay in certain states for the nursing community. Do you have any recommendations for how nurses can approach applying for jobs, where to look, what questions to ask in interviews to make sure that one, they're being paid adequately and two, that they're getting the best, you know, financial resources within their organization? Yeah. So this is so important and it speaks to our ability to connect, right? And this is a lot easier because of the internet. Um, when you are shadowing the unit, when you are, um, you know, following organizations through LinkedIn or anywhere on social media, don't be afraid to ask how much are you getting paid? It really can be as simple as that, um, where you aren't afraid and you don't have this um, limiting belief that, oh, this is something taboo, like it's rude to ask this. No, this is your money. This is your financial health absolutely make that ask, whether that be online virtually before your interview, or if that's on-site and you are speaking with nurses, um, and of course, whoever you're interviewing with to make, to ask that question. 
this is good advice for all industries. I know we have some <laughs> non-nurse listeners. Yes, yes, yes. It's a tough convo, but it is it is worth doing. So, oh man, it's it's so frustrating that we are not. Are we, I think it's a cultural thing. It's just like so encouraged to not yeah. talk about. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. And what makes it harder for nurses, specifically with how we are trained, is it's it's rude to ask. You're not supposed to ask because you've entered this profession not for the money. You've entered this profession because it's your calling out of the goodness of your heart, X, Y, and Z, right? So having that um, already in the back of our head makes it that much harder to advocate for yourself, even though we're really good at advocating for our patients, it makes it really hard for us to do that um, with our finances. And I think we can start to peel back those layers by having these types of conversations where April's giving you the permission, ask the question. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think a place I'd like to wrap it up with you um, is for these types of topics, we always like to go into misconceptions or points of confusion. So are there any common things you encounter when you're talking to nurses about financial planning? I will point to one to help you get started because I found it in your testimonials, which was uh, you had one of your clients say, initially I was very nervous to look at my finances because I didn't want to change my lifestyle. But she obviously was able to continue her lifestyle and also begin investing with you. Yes. And so that, thank you for bringing that up. Some more context on that specific client. She um, was an OR nurse for a year or two and then went into travel nursing and got very accustomed to making travel nurse money and and being able to do all the things, right? Um, And so she built up this story in her head of, if I look at my money and my finances, I'm not going to like that. And so I won't be able to travel. And so I won't be able to shop. And so I won't be able to have dinners um, with my family and friends, right? One of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to change your lifestyle drastically in order to improve your financial health. I don't, as you guys can probably gather, I don't promote that approach. I am more so focused on building sustainable changes over the course of years and decades, right? So for Nurse Connie specifically, um, we took a look at her financial values, right? So what is the financial value for her? It was travel and it was food, right? Anything that was not travel and food, which she stated herself, this is what I care about. This is what a life to me is well lived is if I can travel and eat my food that she travels all over the world for, which is great. Um, If it's not those things, let's take a look at what it would look like if we got rid of designer handbags. What if we didn't um, buy all these gifts for people that didn't really need them, right? So we took that extra money, we put it into investments, and she's still able to have, again, that balance of, hey, I get to experience life fully, and I'm also feeding, nurturing my future um, self and my lovely it's lovely <laughs> i love that. i love Thank your page you. and i'm really Thank happy you. that i found you or you found us april yes, yes. I'm, yeah i'm just these conversations are so important although can be you know uncomfortable sometimes and i think it's just really great having a nurse who has been there understands 
the situation being the one who's helping educate because it is just, you know, so unique that, again, one nurse in one area can be making a vastly different amount of money than a nurse in another area, which is a topic for another day, (laughs) you know, (laughs) topic for another day, but you get that. And so for those who are interested in learning more about finance, April's got a really great page and really great resources to help you with your financial wellness, because we all know that financial wellness can really contribute to our mental wellness as well. We always like to ask our guests, April, what you personally do besides financial health for your mental health. And so what what are your go-tos? Yeah, so my number one um, is actually pottery. Um, because I work so much <laughs> somebody else like pottery here, um, because I work so much online and, you know, I'm on my phone. It's just so liberating for me to like physically not be able to touch my phone. Um, and I just love that like tactile experience. Um, and it was also something that I was really passionate about in high school and then nursing happened and life happened and I just, it just got away from me. Um, and so I've been doing that for the past year now on a, on a schedule. Um, I actually paired with my money date some weeks. Um, and it's been pretty amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I feel like a lot of the times when we ask these questions, people say meditation or, which is great. Meditation's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but I have not once heard pottery. So I got irrationally excited. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's my favorite one so far. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Oh, man. I remember doing it in high school, too. And it was so fun because it's like both very creative and very physical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I used to love darkroom photography. And I've been really Mm. thinking about getting back into it because I don't know. It's just so cool and exhilarating because you don't fully know what you're going to get either. So I don't know, maybe you've inspired me. Maybe I'll have to yes. go back. I always, yes. I always thought the dark room photography was like magic. You have like <laughs> the potion. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh. My favorite thing about it is um, I like to say that I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, and mm-hmm. the thing with pottery is you can have the right, you know, you're, you could be doing everything perfectly, everything perfectly. And you look away for one second, you add just a little bit more tension and it just flops and it's just <laughs> yeah. right. And it teaches me to be like, okay, it's okay that things are not perfect. It's okay to let go of that control. So yeah, if you guys are interested in pottery, I highly recommend it. This too shall pass. Do you, do you <laughs> like classes, April? Do you go to a studio? Because that would be a really cool giveaway for the podcast to send some nurses. Oh my pottery. Yeah, so I did... Um, because I had experience from high school, I did like a refresher type of class um, for three sessions. And then now I just have like a class pass basically where I can um, go every single month. Very cool. Um, cool. It's been really, really good for my mental health. Really, really good. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being with us, April. We encourage our listeners to check out what you have to offer, which they can find at nursemoneydate.com or on Instagram at nursemoneydate. Happy New Year to everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.